Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 17. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 17. In this episode, Eric dispels the myth that science and spirituality are separate from one another. He discusses the coming wave of stem cell research leading to transhumanism and touches upon CRISPR, which focuses on genetic engineering. Big changes are coming, and Eric discloses why it is so important for spiritualists to stay grounded in reality and maintain the integrity of knowledge they seek to gain in dimensional states of consciousness. Enjoy! I'd like to talk to you today about a number of new and exciting technologies um, that I think are completely relative to spirituality, metaphysics, the paranormal, or what I like to think as essentially spirituality. I've never really seen a difference between technology, science, if you will, and spirituality. I've always seen them as synonymous. It was just a matter of them crossing one another. I also think that a lot of people who have heard of Higher Balance or of the material that I teach may make the assumption that we really don't look at things in a scientific way or that we consider ourselves um, as part of a new age concept. Um, Just for the record, I need to get it off my chest. I'm very anti-new age in the sense of crystals and energies and frequencies. I'm not a big fan of binaural technology, uh, these kind of things. Um, I love science. I love logic. And all of the experiences I have ever had in my life as a psychic who worked on many cases, who worked on many various forms of phenomena and experience phenomena, I've always come at things with a background that would be, in my opinion, more logical or reasonable or by deduction. And I've always accredited this to my mother being more of a German atheist in her thinking. And when certain phenomena would occur due in my life, uh, she often would come at it with a logical explanation. And of course, my response was, well, if ghosts don't exist, how, you know, what was that? What was this glowing energy? Um, it was intelligent. It was interactive. It didn't necessarily look like a human. It didn't look like certain things. So I would always ask these kind of questions. I would ask questions like, well, when people say a ghost spoke to them or it made noise, I mean, where are the lungs to produce sound? How does it see us if it doesn't have icons for reflective light? How does it hear us if it doesn't have eardrums? So I like to think that a higher balance is based upon a very different new approach to metaphysics, to spirituality. And I want to separate myself as far apart from new age or different forms of thinking in the spiritual communities. I don't agree with with the majority of things out there, such as how telepathy is described through hearing voices in your head. I don't think that's at all how it works, nor is it how I've experienced or taught other people I experience, but yet it's, it's as profound uh, as you would hope it to be. Same goes for remote view and astral projection. I think they're all the same thing. They're all from the same region of the brain, time-space relationship, et cetera, so on. But I like to think that higher balance cuts out all the BS, gets to the core. We try to use as much logic and science as society is uh, on a general level able to understand. 
Um, we are very proud of the fact that uh, I was informed at one point that we have the highest level of college educated people in the industry. Um, we've got a lot of smart people. Uh, I look for smart people and I certainly hope that smart people who take an interest in what I'm doing uh, will approach me or send me an email to communicate more if they have similar interests. Uh, there's simply just too much phenomena that I think is not dismissible in the eyes of science. And I, I think that science itself is a, a form of thinking that basically corners one's uh, understanding or they limit what they'll allow in and what they won't. And um, I think that one has to be careful of that. I would simply say there are things that I've experienced, I have done, I have been part of in the sense that would not fall in lines of mainstream science, but yet there it was, there it occurred. I refuse to look at it in new age terms because I think it's just simplicity. I don't think when it's approached now, I just think it's people trying to understand something they, they probably are not able to understand. I'd rather try to approach it in a more logical format. So a lot of people wonder what exactly does higher balance teach? We teach everything paranormal from the idea of ESP to telepathy to ass projection, mind projection to psychic healing, you name it, but throw out 90% of everything you've ever thought about what you've learned and how it works and we will show you a completely new approach that will blow your mind. And the results are just simply off the charts. And I like to cut out all the BS and get to the core of stuff and keep it simple, real. But most of all, it's you who have to experience the result. It's my job to get you that experience as quickly as possible before you lose interest. And if I achieve that, we both know that you're going to stay interested and continue learning as long as you continue to have the success rate that I'm often able to produce for you. So having given a little bit of a breakdown, um, there's a lot of things that people may be shocked that I would approach as a spiritual teacher. I'm often put in a situation where, you know, oh, you're a guru or you're enlightened or you're supposed to be like a spiritual person that has a certain kind of lifestyle or whatever, whatnot. And I refuse to be put into any box. I simply insist on being who I am and whatever that is defined as is really just being me, no more than you are being you. I have interests and I have knowledge and I have the right to share that knowledge with anybody who's interested in, in, in having that exchange of information or teachings or training. That's how I look at it. Having said that, I'm highly interested in artificial intelligence. I'm highly interested in genetics. I'm highly interested in science as a whole. And I will utilize any one of those things in a practical sense as much as possible. I don't make any claims to be in a scientist. I don't make any claims to have this information down pat as a person who is a professional in that area. I do happen to have access to a lot of people who are experts in those fields and have very interesting conversations and have a lot of my thinking confirmed to be excellent. For some time I've been talking about artificial intelligence to my people per se, my organization, people within HBI. It's kind of a very controlled topic. There's a lot of conversations and training and teaching and experiences that take place that never make it to the public on this level. In some ways, you know, there's a there's a part of me that just goes, you know, it's just too mind-blowing uh, for probably the majority of people to, to believe or accept as these things are really happening. And I would hope that we come off as sensible, logical, uh, deduction, reasonable people um, compared to what it, the ideal is of New Agers, um, you know, what I would say is the airy-fairy approach versus people who uh, have a more their feet on the ground kind of approach. Uh, for some time, we've had conversations from everything from vampires and whether they exist or do not exist to time traveling to future people visiting our time space. Um, we, interestingly enough, the general public probably doesn't know, we have done very large experiments as an organization and probably do more experimentation on a level of 
consciousness than probably any organization I'm aware of uh, that is on the level that we are. Um, I mean, we've gone as far as to be at the Portland Art Institute, which a lot of people may or may not know, and we took a massive, gigantic room, and I had a gigantic black box built that was approximately 10, 15 feet high for its walls all the way around by about 20 feet, and we had about 100 people around it focusing on non-thought for that box to not exist, uh, to believe it doesn't exist. We also would have a group of people inside the box who were meditating, and the experiences they had were quite profound. Um, That's just a very small sliver of some of the stuff that we do. I would consider ourselves extremely cutting edge in the metaphysical paranormal field compared to anything that's out there. In fact, I'd be bold enough to say, and as arrogant as it may sound, we are probably the most cutting edge spiritually slash technologically that I'm aware of. Um, It's not to say that there are not other uh, organizations out there that are doing exceptional work, but as a whole, we tend to have a very large um, uh, variety of this technology right down to just upstairs what we call the upgrade room and the technology we developed uh, for uh, using audible sounds and affecting consciousness through uh, various patterns and rhythms and pitches of frequencies and altering states of consciousness. In fact, some of the things that we um, are doing uh, a little bit more on a private level are basically as visionary and as intense and as, as real and probably more vivid um, HDRRR uh, for the level of it than people who are using psychedelic drugs or ayahuasca or things like that. The point is, is that we are delving within the capacities and pushing the capacities of the human brain, um, which is my passion safely, of course, uh, without drug use of any type, but I think it's completely possible to push these rounds. I just think that the majority of people who've had paranormal experiences simply dress it or try to explain it in ways uh, that really muck it up. They they really don't truly have a, a sensible approach to it. I like the idea of being able to train people because it's one thing for me to say that I've done this or that or I've experienced this or that. So I'm a firm believer that I won't take that approach. The approach that I prefer to take and have taken for well over a decade um, is the fact that I will show you how to have these experiences. You decide how real they are. And this is probably what's created probably one of the best uh, loyalty um, and commitment to the teachings of the material we, we offer in the industry. Um, uh, it is what it is. So now that I've kind of babbled on about a number of different things, let's get to the meat of the conversation today. There are many new developments that I'm both excited about, but I've also have for the past several years um, have spoken about its development and how it's happening in the background and that it's something that we need to monitor and be aware of, Um, not only as people that are part of a society, we are all uh, part of the, the communities we live in. Um, and may or may not be affected in different ways by that, but also having an interest in these uh, developing technologies and how they may augment, enhance our consciousness, our training, our abilities. Uh, For many, many years, I have said that the majority of training that I've focused on was largely based on visionary uh, states of consciousness from deep meditations I've had of which um, uh, I often would refer to the movie Dune in some cases or various movies because people have reference points on a general level to be able to to grasp an idea to a certain degree. It doesn't mean I mean it exactly as it's described. It's used as a tool to, to say, kind of think of it this way or that way. So in Dune, you could say you have these navigators at full space. They use their consciousness to more or less bend reality. In so doing, uh, I have basically pushed the pursuit 
of training uh, my students in developing their mind, their ability to hold non-thought, their ability to use their mind in various ways for um, phenomena, HDR, quality visions and, and such, and we are constantly pushing that envelope to new arenas. Why I'm bringing this up, and to the majority of people who are aware of my material or read my books or audios or whatnot, there are several things that have come to light recently that are, in my opinion, um, perfectly timed and really raise a lot of questions. So again, I'll, I'll try to cut to the chase. There's so much information that has taken place literally in the the last six months. It's it's almost just uh, you know uh, mind blowing in itself, and I do not find it um, at all surprising that so much is happening in such a short period of time. Uh, just uh, not too long ago, I posted an article uh, in regards to China uh, producing uh, through a factory that's designed to produce cows through genetic um, uh, replication, in other words, basically cloning, and that they would utilize this to basically farm out very quickly, if you will, um, perfect bred cows for exactly what they want, the best cows, best genes, and reproduce that, and there's a meat supply for, uh, for their, them that is not necessarily gonna be interrupted. <coughs> and I said in there that this is a huge game changer and something that the, the public needs to really be watching or at least organizations such as ourselves that have an interest in this because when you hear of something like this, you better believe that there are multitudes of layers of information that are not being discussed. And this is what I alluded to. I says, if they are now confirming because they can't hide it anymore per se or decided to come forward and saying we're very proud of this that we're now going to clone cows for a meat supply per se as, as awkward as that conversation would be you can rest assured that human being cloning is virtually around the corner i mean if you can clone a cow you can certainly clone a human being this now creates implications of immortality um, if you follow the, the trail per se, um, if you could have your body cloned, just like sci-fi films, and this is what I'm saying, it's become reality now, then you could clone your own body. If we can develop a point where we can transfer the brain or transfer consciousness as if it was like a computer disk to another computer drive, one that's an older computer drive that's deteriorating or a hard drive that's running on a CPU and an older technology model computer and you move that hard drive over to a more robust, newer, higher performing computer, the data is still on there and it's gonna move faster, it's gonna operate better. In fact, you're just gonna put a second hard drive in there and move the old data onto the new improved hard drive and that hard drive would simply seamlessly be able to be removed and no one would know the better other than the fact of noticing the enhancement of its ability to move quicker, think quicker, produce quicker, et cetera, so on and so forth. The population I'm always concerned with is what are people really able to understand currently? You have different levels of people that I call the technology people on the internet. You have the spiritual people that you know, uh, that maybe coin tossed into the drum beating, incense, you know, uh, such like that. And then you have people that are spiritualists that are very technologically engaged. Um, it's like a hidden subculture, and that's basically who we are. Uh, we completely engage into technology and such. So when I put the information up, I, I'm always a bit reluctant how much to say on a public level through Facebook or YouTube or whatever because there's 
always this knee-jerk reaction by a certain amount of the public to say to me, oh, all your teaching should be free because it's spiritual. Or uh, there's criticisms from religious organizations or just people who have different agendas. Or you have your conspiracy theorists and stuff. I try to stay as neutral as possible when I approach these things, but it's, it's becoming almost impossible and I just have to take my position and put it out there and just deal with the heat, as they say. I think people who will understand what I'm putting out there will be attracted and other people simply won't. They're going to have their own personal or or ethical or spiritual reasons why. Where is this all going? The, The problem with the announcement from China, which basically has said to the world, we are now cloning cows to me was simply a a very small suggestion of the fact that human cloning is already here. They didn't have to say it, but shortly afterwards, of course, it started coming out. Now, one of the greatest mistakes I think that America made was back in the uh, you know period of a certain president. I don't want to get into it too much. There was an issue about harvesting you know, uh, stem cells, and we put a massive restriction on that where other countries didn't. I can understand both arguments, and I'm not here to, to make that argument. What I, what I am saying is it allowed to a certain percentage a decrease in the medical technology field that America was way ahead in to really allow other countries to now have leaps and bounds technologically beyond us in the U.S. In fact, we are no longer number one as far as uh, the medical industry is concerned. We're probably in third, fourth, fifth place. Who knows at this point? There are certainly other countries now that you would never would have imagined that have technologies that are in some ways uh, very impressive to what we offer our uh, citizens. And in so doing, it always gets into the ethical debate of whether or not something's safe to do or not to do. And my argument is one has to move forward as cautiously and carefully as we can. But if we're consistently afraid of everything, we can slow it down to a grind. Whereas we should be pursuing it as passionately as we can with this a reasonable level of caution. The, the problem becomes a situation where if we do not pursue technologies that may be considered um, on the fringe or um, not ethically, morally, uh, something we feel comfortable with, each person has a different position on that. I have levels of that myself of what I would consider the ethical level to certain things. But the point is you're going to find other countries that their society or their government really doesn't have an issue with those restrictions and they're going to pursue it. And if they pursue that technology and utilize it, the advantage that they have is going to be absolutely maybe place other countries, including the U.S., in a situation where we cannot rebound, we cannot catch up. In fact, it could be so profoundly uh, an advancement that that one advancement, it's kind of like a, a reverb effect where you get back feed from sound that's looping and it just gets faster and louder and faster and louder and faster and louder. So fast it just becomes just a, a solid amount of sound that's just overwhelming. And if an artificial intelligence or genetic modification or many of these new fields opening, if these other countries are allowed to do that, where the advantages are um, would place us in a situation that I believe that we as a country may not be able to rebound and their intentions or agenda or their social uh, perspective um, would be very suppressive to us. Um, or to to other countries in that matter. There is always this human ego issue. There's this human power. There's a human position of, of arrogance. And all of these things um, are something that have to be taken into consideration. When you look at various cultures, you will see this historically in their culture about 
a level of superiority or hierarchy. Still to this day, um, we even have this, but in, in certain cases, it's more prominent and more noticeable in other cultures. It's not to say that we don't have it, we do. So my concern um, is with the ability to clone. I knew very shortly afterwards, and people can check my Facebook out, see see my timeline of postings, and you'll see that you know I'm really calling it the way it is. And you can go back literally over a decade of videos or training I teach for those who, who are here who will know that I've basically laid this all out and basically predicted about now is when it's going to begin to happen. You, you have um, in the past literally weeks, if you will, some major breakthroughs. And one of the ones I started posting on the Facebook site is something called, well, I'll call it CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R. And to simplify this is that we had been working on changing genes in um, basically it, it started off with chickens and animals and here we have our GMO modifications. You, you have a history of all this kind of building in this direction. It's just kind of like Nobody's really seeing where it's all going, or there are, of course, people, but not the majority of people paying attention to it, especially if you're not in the scientific community or have a strong interest in this. So there is a lot of um, genetic modification already from salmon to chicken to you name it. There's also the use of steroids. There's also antibiotics. There's a, these are all modifications and to enhance things. Uh, we see this in uh, athletes using steroids or any enhancers they can. We see this in Harvard Yale students using various mind uh, enhancing uh, drugs to to neurotropically enhance their memory and such. I've covered all of these things in depth in lectures um, in detail. Uh, so a lot of people who follow me or are on the inside basically know a great deal of this information. But where CRISPR, if you will, I'm probably not even pronouncing it right. Um, for a while, we had a lot of difficulty with figuring out how to manipulate genes. By manipulating genes, we can do what has always been the biggest concern was, will we start making babies that are smarter, disease-free, designer babies with blue eyes or brown eyes or brown hair or blonde hair or yada, yada, yada? What advantages will those children have over people who can't afford to have designer babies, yada, yada, yada. And this is something, whether you want to believe it or not, is going on. Maybe in America, we want to ethically say we won't allow it and we limit the research. But I think in some ways, it's the most foolish thing we could possibly be doing because we're putting ourselves at an incredible disadvantage. If those children are developed in other uh, countries, their ability to educate themselves is essentially superhuman. Um, potentially, I mean, on the level of what could be considered, uh, considered artificial intelligence level. They're going to be the children that are going to be vastly educated, absorb data at a significantly higher level, and these are going to become the leaders in the, in the, in the uh, research and development departments of their technology fields and their development of medicines and military equipment and strategies economically and how to, to manipulate financial uh, gains um, and, and such. It would be like a chess player that had played for 40 years against somebody who's only played for two years uh, or five years. The advantage um, compounds over time to where that Five years, 10 years, uh, they've become within, not, they don't even have to reach adulthood. Their level of contribution to their society of whichever way the controlling factor deems, meaning the governments, um, would uh, utilize them already at 10 years old to strategically think out or map out stuff that even our best computers would be having trouble with in, in this current day and age. So there's always that struggle of, of where do we draw that line? And by nature, we're consistently afraid of anything new or anything we don't understand. This is how we have a survival mechanism that comes back from ancient times and you know uh, the beginning of, of, of human nature or animals and such for self-preservation. So what 
is interesting about CRISPR and um, was an announcement, I believe it came originally from MIT, that they had um, come up with a form to greatly simplify, uh, in my opinion, radically simplify technological major breakthrough, which is going to be followed by even bigger breakthrough shortly, I suspect, to modify um, genes. Why this is interesting, and, and I want you to pay attention to, to your thinking, is when we think about children being born, that would be five times, ten times more intelligent than us, already at ten years old per se, because they had this advantage. We feel like we're at a disadvantage. I mean, it's part of selfishness to not want someone to have an advantage over you. There's a self-ego level of, of, I wouldn't want something to have that advantage. But what's interesting is once the playing field is more leveled and you can gain access to that same right and privilege, even though you're 30 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, your attitude then starts to be more neutral. And you're like, well, maybe it's not such a bad thing. And that's what CRISPR, uh, I suspect highly, is really going to do. It's going to allow people to modify themselves uh, in very significant ways. Um, so those of us who are considered in our adults, our progressive life, literally the first movement, of course, would be to eradicate various diseases, um, um, degenerative diseases, uh, uh, from everything from cancer to nervous system diseases, Alzheimer's, you name it. But this is going to happen very rapidly. In fact, um, the I already suspect strongly that in 2016, we will see probably one of the largest leaps in the cure for cancer and other diseases followed by that in 2016. There's, there's no question in my mind. Uh, we're utilizing so many breakthroughs that what I see happening is um, historically, we have gone through different booms of technology, you have the uh, Bronze Age, you have the Iron Age, you have the Industrial Age, you have what I would consider maybe the Aeronautical Age, and then you have these lulls where where there's nothing kind of going on. So then all of a sudden there's another boom, and within that 20 year or 50 year, there's like this this huge movement in society that explodes technologically as to how life goes. There was the, the boom of medicine and and in vaccines, and then there's nothing for a while, and then yada yada. Then we had the technolo uh, technological boom to a certain area, and now they were having trouble with making computer chips get to a point where we could make them faster. We were struggling with how do we, how do we get past that. And I believe now we are now entering another technological boom, and this boom is going to be really big. Uh, and it's going to be something that I think we're all going to be able to see in our life. So I noticed there was posts about controlling various metals to inject into the body, to attach to cancers and such, and, and destroy the cancer. Old news. I talked about that a long time ago. Better yet, I've also talked about injectable viruses that will be designer viruses that we're genetically modifying, bringing us back to this in doses that are probably extreme that will be injected directly into the cancer and will go after the cancer to eat and destroy and convert it rather than living healthy cells. And they're using this now uh, at various uh, research centers and medical centers with just profound results. And we're talking rapid results. We're talking uh, injecting into brain tumors and literally over weeks it's just gone. Uh, we're talking about curing incurable cancers from um, leukemia, uh, which is basically a blood cancer, to where they're just basically 100%, it's gone, uh, based on using viruses that are designed now to actually hunt cancer rather than to be destructive to the rest of the body. We're genetically modifying or alter them, if you will. So when you realize if we're at the point of modifying um, virus is to do what we want them to do rather than what they would do randomly on their own. And we could say kind of like having a dog saying we're going to train it to go do something. That is very impressive. It's just a matter of a very short step to start modifying uh, the genetics and DNA of the human body, which we're at. So CRISPR is 
literally a huge breakthrough announcement over the last probably month or so, uh, if that give or take, that we now know for sure it's just a matter of probably weeks, if I if I would say, maybe shorter, maybe a little bit longer, that you're going to see um, announcements probably coming out and maybe even um, various governments in the world that we have uncomfortable positions with actually coming forward with their own achievements. And that's to gloat a little bit or to posture a little bit or for whatever reason, it's usually political. It's uh, the same reason we went to the moon. It was to make a statement. So I have no doubt that we in the United States are using private organizations to probably do something very much the same. There's been many stories of various creatures washing up on the shore that just do not make any sense. Um, having beaks, we don't know if they are or not. Then there's misinformation placed in there. And then people say, oh, common sense, you know, it's just a deformed creature that's actually a natural creature. I would say uh, be very careful what you absorb for information and think about what I'm going to, to point out to you at this point. Um, I always say whatever we learn, whether it's on the internet or in public or through science research stuff, I always say we're 10 years behind uh, what's really uh, out there, what they're really working on. And that's give or take a certain amount of years um, depending on what it is and what field it is. Um, but just to, to kind of put it out there, um, they're essentially suggesting – another one was um, – I believe it was motherboard.com did fantastic um, uh, article also. And where you get information is very important. You always want to look for the MIT site, the source. Look at what they put out there compared to the rewrites and stuff. A lot of stuff in the internet is just pure rubbish or it's really convoluted or you get the what I call the New Agers or the conspiracy theorists to kind of do their thing. So I like to make sure that I – kind of look at it as close as I can and even I am looking at it through my own personal lens through the fact of being a metaphysical teacher but I like to think in the sense that I I will approach it in a scientific manner as much as as possible as I said I'm not a scientist but they're they're basically suggesting um, that we know as a fact and this is just a fact I think any person would agree that this technology is is not going to be containable. Meaning, I do not believe that governments are going to be able to say you cannot do this or that, or it's illegal, or you know they may have SWAT teams come in or whatever. But globally speaking, it's you have outlawed um, hallucinogenics from ayahuasca, yet you have ayahuasca relatively, you know, available, you know, uh, all over the place at this point. I mean, you can go to Brazil, you can go to all these places where and get access to it. Okay. You have other people using various forms of stuff that have been absolutely considered not accessible. And you have people going out there being treated for it because of heroin addiction and it basically essentially curing them, or in some cases believed to cure it. You have now treatments where people are going for various diseases that are not allowed in our country that have been used in other countries for years, if not decades, successfully. Okay, the question is why haven't we gotten access to it? And they're going there and they're getting cured. Whether you know, it depends on the disease and what the situation is, and it's probably a lot of hype and misinformation. So I'm not saying everything's on board 100%, but there's no question in my mind, I'm well aware of a lot of these things. So there is something that's called transhumanism, and I've also lectured on this probably over 15 years ago now. I don't even know. I think maybe even in Keros I might have talked about it for a while. Transhumanism is basically people who embrace the idea of using technology to enhance themselves. In other words, if you were given a opportunity to have a microchip placed in your brain that would increase the capacity for your memory fourfold, meaning that the first time you heard somebody's name, you would perfectly recall it every single time. You wouldn't have to try to remember or re-ask them what's your name again. Something I'm famous for. So 
you would also be able to read something and have a level of photogenic memory. You'd, you'd be able to recall that information anytime you want. It would simply work with your brain, not necessarily independent, but it would be a form of enhancing that memory. We already know that, that the human brain is fully capable of photogenic memory. We already know that people who live their lives as ordinary people, nothing special, they get in a motorcycle wreck, all of a sudden they, you can ask them a question for any day of the year that they existed and they can tell you what the weather was, what happened on news that day, what happened that day to a detail. And it tells you the capacity of our ability to absorb information is just off the charts. It's just what do we access? And if we had a way to access that data through a tool rather than to have our pathways kind of manipulated, that is something that would be transhumanism. They want to use technology to enhance us. Um, you would use it for just about anything that you had an interest in. So in essence, you have to take this to the next level. What if you could add a chip to your brain that allows you now to see in an extra spectrum of light? You'd be able to see infrared or magnetism or various things. Would that give you a, an advantage in life? How would you utilize that so it's useful? So um, some people would probably use it athletically. Can we make the body run faster, longer? Can we find more efficient ways for it to, to do better, such as genetically people would say that in other countries because they have been long-distance runners, okay, that they've basically their bodies become more conditioned or maybe has a slight advantage than other people's bodies from other cultures. We, we know these things are, are out there. So if we could tap those things or modify them. So transhumanism, maybe back at a certain date, we were thinking computer chips and everything else. And I was like, ah, oh, bah humbug. You guys aren't thinking hard enough, okay? This is all doable through genetic modification. And, you know, um, I says, that time is going to come. It's here. So with the idea of being able to rid various diseases in the human body, you have now what I would consider designer genetic modification, not only in embryos or babies, but what you're going to see in the very near future will be for human beings that are adults. Um, you're going to first see people being worked on various cancer, brain diseases, all these things. We're entering the next stage. If they would say back in, I guess, whatever it was, uh, the age of enlightenment for the 1600s or 1800s or whatever, we are entering, I feel, a new age. What we'll coin it, who knows? I'm sure somebody out there has. But it's, it's more than just enlightenment. It's probably an engagement of where human beings become in essence, and I, I don't mean this in any overture of it, but really, in a sense, idealistically a level of gods. Because if we were to look at our ancestors, at where we're going to be just even now already, but let's say in another 10 or 20 years, it's going to be shocking. I mean, our life expectancy has more than doubled already. And if you look at that in the past, just a matter of maybe 100 years, if you look at flight, I mean, you're talking less than 100 years, I believe. If you look at computers, if you look at everything, I mean, my thing was look at a cell phone. If you want to know how fast this is going to be, I would say that the things that I'm talking about right now are going to be akin to the speed by which we've seen the evolution of the first introduction in 2007 of the first iPhone, which was pretty basic. And we take it for granted, all of these new features and functions, but could you imagine just you know, 20 years ago taking a photo and the background of the photo is moving and living. I mean, we just take these things for granted. So CRISPR is going to be able to do more than what people are really thinking at this point. You're, and I already suspect it's in play, um, and it has been for a while. Um, there are certain things I feel comfortable in saying, there are certain things I don't. There's, that's why we have private lectures versus public, and it is the way it is. Um, you're talking about being able to not only increase your capacity mentally, but you have to look at all things in nature as your first level of comparison. 
you know, uh, if you want to look at the most practical level, I mean, we know that there are fish that are telepathic. We know we can put them in separate tanks and they use electrical impulses and essentially that's a form of telepathy. Well, what would be the leap to modify the human brain to be more sensitive or acute to that? Let's, let's take telepathy out. Let's take the paranormal out. Just look at it from, from this aspect, okay? We would also be able to increase muscle density so that we can run faster, that we have stronger muscles, so that our strength could be doubled if not quadrupled. We could increase our ability to see from 2020 vision to something significantly much higher. Is that normal or superhuman? Is that paranormal? I mean, really, where does it your your sense of smell it could be increased dramatically? Okay. Is this not a a a in a sense a power that would be an advantage over other people depending on how it'd be utilized? It may seem like it's simple, but think about it. I mean, you'd literally be able to tell if someone's lying because you could smell the pheromones per se from them. Um, the uses is, is just a matter of the limitation of the intellect that's willing to wrap their head around and think about it for a little bit. You really would be shocked. So in essence, uh, I see all of these things in play. I see all of these things now dramatically making a lot of differences but where it gets even more interesting and motherboard actually um dot com really wrote an article i don't know maybe really where the first source was on all this but i have already been saying this for for a long time the question is is like the head post is what prevents now a billionaire who wants to create a unicorn for their daughter as a birthday present so these fantasy creatures, uh, a dragon, if you will, a pet dragon that's passive, okay? These things now are no longer something that's just an extremely far-reaching fantasy idea, but literally a feasible and plausible um, possibility even in our lifetime. Um, you're talking about making miniature elephants to people having wings to all sorts of stuff. Now, if we want to get very interesting and we want to look at it from the paranormal aspect of which I bring up stuff about time, space, you know, yada, yada, I won't get too heavy into it. But when you think about the idea of making wings or doing stuff, at what point do we start to modify ourselves, which we already see modification? And when people say, well, I don't think that we should be modifying ourselves, I don't believe in it, blah, 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 I would say, well, would you put a stent in your heart to, to live? That's modification. Would you give yourself a artificial heart to live? Would you give yourself a fake hip? Would you give yourself, where do you draw that line for your convenience? If you were having Alzheimer's and you knew the onslaught was coming on and you knew you could modify yourself to prevent that, are you saying now you would rule that out? So in essence, I don't think there's going to be a limit. It's going to be a cultural thing as to what our comfort level is. We've gone from people uh, back in maybe the 70s where women had earrings and piercings to men wearing you know, one side piercing in their ear to both sides to now we see people with giant loop pieces in the ear and at first there's shock and then there's acceptance. We've now had people who put artificial pecs in their, their chest rather than artificial augmented breasts. We have people who put different color contacts in their eyes. Uh, we have people who put biceps in that are artificial and abs. We have liposuction. We have all of these different things. We have people who are constructing their nose, their face, their jaw to look like somebody that they don't even closely resemble originally. I think there's going to be no men, no end to augmentation, both biologically or neurologically, um, mentally. I think we're going to see an explosion. I think you're going to have people who are going to push it to the limit just like you have people who went overboard by making themselves look like a cat through cosmetic surgery and all sorts of craziness. You're going to see people who really are going to be like, I want genetically modified wings. I want to be able to fly. Now, aerodynamically, that's a challenge. 
but I wouldn't put it past someone just to want them whether they could fly or not. I would not put it past um, certain people, and this is where it's going to start getting interesting now, who would say, I want to have a head of a Vulcan on my body, and I want my body to be perfect pecs and perfect abs, or the head of a dog, so that I can smell at a higher level, or I feel like I'm part of a wolf pack, but I still want to have a bipedalness level and, and interposable thumbs. I don't really care if my face looks human or not, or blah, blah, blah. Where have we seen this before? You go back to Egyptian mythos and Egyptian gods and whether they were aliens or whether they existed or whether it was just purely fabricated. You look at other cultures and you, you look at visitors from other worlds. Did they at one time look a certain way and did they at one time in their technological advancement start finding a cultural acceptance or use for their own genetic modification and the social acceptance no different than whether we wear earrings or cut our hair a certain way or eye color or anything we would modify. Is this a matter of the mass society coming to terms with that progression of change? It's it's no different than our ideals of of racial change where you know the races could not blend or breed together to we got to the point where we would accept a white couple with a black person or a white person. We got to the point now where we're just getting past the whole gender thing about you know whether people have the rights to marry the same sex or not. This is called growing up. And we are in a changing world. And there are some people that refuse to change and they don't want nothing to change and they feel it's an abomination. And then you have the transhumanisms who are like, screw that shit. We've been changing ourselves since the beginning of the first chance we could when we wrapped ourselves up with a cat fur or a wolf fur or that we made slippers or we made weapons or we ate tree bark for pain or herbs. We, we've been modifying and extending our life or, or doing things that we're allowed to where you don't necessarily see animals making those dramatic leaps. So in the end, I think one of the challenges that is going to occur coming from my perspective, one, how is it that I can do the things that I do? Now, I could say to you, I already know that my body is genetically a bit different. Some of you guys know that as a fact, okay? We'll put it out there. We'll let everybody go, what the hell? Um, having said that, there were certain advantages I had for my own personal awakening for my consciousness, of which I moved past and it became like those things were useless now that I've evolved, but it gave me the ramp up speed to get there. Having said that, I also believe that if you modify consciousness, there are going to be people who go literally insane because they're not going to be able to handle being able to see in frequencies or, or I, I, a big stretch would be you know dimensionally, multidimensionally. There are people who are not going to be able to function or operate in that state of consciousness or handle the processing ability of data moving around so much faster. I think that there will become applications where people who prove to have the ability to keep it all together um, are going to be the ideal candidates for new arenas of technology and science meeting the metaphysical or consciousness level of disciplined people, whether it be through meditation, Buddhist monks, paranormalists that actually can, can demonstrate through testing various things. And so therefore, I see that, that union now coming about. Um, at this point, I'll, I'll stop rambling and I'll, I'll open myself up to any questions that anybody has. Go ahead. What would you suggest if we could immediately alter our genes? What would you suggest for white cells would be the first thing to alter? That would be an extremely difficult question. Okay, first of all, you have to consider something. What I foresee is you're going to have your major clinics and medicine is going to be the primary. Okay, as people who are scientists who learn this, you're going to have different age groups. 
They're going to have family members who have various things. They're going to have their own personal interests. They might be a, a, a physicist during the day, and at night they're punk rockers, and they're hanging from chains, and they're doing whatever. I mean, this is the day and age we live in. So what I see is an outcropping of clinics that you're going to find in Thailand, Mexico, uh, Brazil, uh you're going to find all these places where if you want to have augmentation done, that doesn't necessarily mean it's for you know your health. 10 to 1, that's where it's going to be. Number 2 is it's going to be for the wealthy. Um, and what's going to happen is as it expands, you're going to get underground organizations that you are either a part of or you're in a clique or you have access to or you can pay enough to get in to the point when it gets affordable. Having said that, this comes down to a level of personal choice. I would immediately think the first thing, which is basically what I've been doing, is the mind-body kind of spirit class, is I've already been putting out there how you should work on extending life, how to reduce the risk of cancer, how to slow aging. I don't think that there's a silver bullet at this point, but this is it. This is the, the cusp of this coming. So the first thing I would say is if you have any opportunity for this technology, you want to look at your genes and say, what is my level of risk for cancer? What is my level of risk for leukemia? What is my level of risk for Alzheimer's? Ideally, you want to work on the preservation of your health above all else. Because if your health fails, what good is anything else? You're wasting your time, your dollar, okay? Having said that, the youthful will look at more things like that. Those who are probably in their 40s or older are going to have that sensibility of, I want to look at the frailty of my body and the degenerativeness and see if I can stop it and possibly reverse it. So I think it's going to be a matter of perspective, okay? Or the opportunity to work on multiple fronts, which I think is going to be more logistically how it's going to work. So my first opinion would be to work on the preservation of your health would be first. The second I would say would be, in all truth, the enhancement of your, your consciousness, your intellect, your brain. Better decision, better memory, better information. The more information you have, the better you can make judgment calls and decisions. And uh, sensibility to what's a bad decision versus a good decision, it's no different. I always say, look at youth as you grow older. Are you smarter today than, than if you got into a debate with yourself five years ago? And the answer usually is, is absolutely. I could do some whip-ass on myself five years ago. I've grown so much. Well, what if it's 15 years older, 20 years older? The significance of enhancing your brain capacity is not about you forgetting who you are. This is what people fear. It's like, I won't be me anymore. That's not true at all. I don't believe that for, for a moment. I think that you, what will happen is, is that you simply will have a better retention level and self-identification level than you ever had before. Um, what is the difference between you reading a book now and having information and it simply just being clearer and better? Or the recall of that information, you could recall it the day you read it or three days later pretty well. Um, what if you could do that three years later instead of it fading? So to me, I don't see it as a loss. I see it as adding to the qualities of who you are and the choices you made of what you gave yourself for information. So brain would be, of course, secondary after ensuring your health. Um, then I would start looking at other augmentations. I mean, I'm totally a transhumanist. I think anybody who's really around me totally gets it at this point. The, the point is, is you, there is always this fear of losing oneself. I think it's akin to uh, doing psychedelics. One could do psychedelics to expand their consciousness, to have new ideas, exposed to your thinking, to go through this process emotionally that maybe adds to the quality you, you have. But there's always this underlying fear of a bad trip or a negative experience or an experience that you never return from because you harm yourself or something happens where you kind of blow a brain microchip per se. So it's, of course, wanting to be cautious, but this is not going to stop people. You understand? No more different than people are going out to you know Brazil to do drugs or to these other countries and they're doing all these different things. This is what I'm saying. You can't stop this. 
If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.